Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission, to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. Lock it in. That's um, locked. This, this smile is locked. <laughs> well, we just got done dealing with all of my technical mishaps. Now, granted, my room didn't like flip upside down, which would reverse, I guess, the gravity in this place. I'd be like, yeah. You mean like an amazing the, the, carnival ride where it spins you a centrifugal force? Centrif- what's that word? Centrifugal. Centrifugal force. Centrifugal and then force. you stick to the outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, except there's you're not strapped that- in on this one. <clears throat> There's something that prevents that on starships called an inertial dampener, which I guess the writers forgot. <laughs> or it turned off. But, or it was malfunctioning. Mm-hmm. Or it's malfunctioning. That's what I thought it was. Because the turbo lift's not going fast enough, is it, to really have that kind of velocity on the ship? An inertial yes. dampener to get is to the bridge and also stuff? known as a seatbelt. And just <laughs> right. real quick, I just want to say, we did not have straps to tie you down on the ride that does that uh, in World of Fun in Kansas City. You're welcome. But what we do need is another episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. That's right. <laughs> that is a show? Yeah. It's Contagion. The Enterprise and a Romulan warbird are attacked by the same computer virus. That's my nickname in high school. The same computer virus? Romulan warbird. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Duh. Hey, Romulan Warbird, you want to go get a Coke later? <laughs> oh, her cloaking device is on. She's I gone. love her nickname. It really flows off the tongue nicely. <laughs> That's right. I went to school in Queens. <laughs> also, this, like, tying this back in, this is a very 90s grasp on, like, computer systems and viruses. I wrote that too. And, <laughs> yeah. you, do you mean, like, the fact that they're, like, it's, like, compartmentalized and stuff? Yeah. So, like, in the 80s and 90s, there was this idea that, like, if you could go into the computer physically, like, some physical representation, it would be, like, a series of rooms or even, like, a city, right? Uh, You see this in, oh, what was the movie? Like, Hackers kind of had a visual thing like that. Tron Tron had that. Johnny (laughs) Mnemonic maybe had something like that, I think. But, like, Mm. this idea that the computer is, the, the inside of it is, like, a dimensional space that we can explore and move around. And, therefore, this virus moved through things as opposed to just, you know going to a different directory, <laughs> which is what we now know computers can organize. And I, w- I waffled back and forth between, like, also, it's their only comparison is to, like, a human body, and so they treat the ship like a human body, like, oh, the virus is in the heart, and so we got to isolate that. And I was like, not exactly how that works, but it could be so far in the future that, that, that is how it works. Well, the malfunctions happen all over the ship. In yeah. Fact, let's, let's begin at the beginning of this episode where we are en route to mm-hmm. – uh, rendezvous with the Yamato, which is our uh, sister ship, a similar galaxy mm-hmm. class ship, which is having some technical malfunctions. We get there. Okay, not we... as big, though. <laughs> well, they're the same, aren't they? There's a they're thousand both galaxy people. Class. So there are less people on board, but I think it's the same model of ship. Got so it. the ships are the same size, but there are less There were a thousand crew. people on the other crew. Isn't that the same? There were about a thousand people, and on one previous ship, when a lot of people were infected with a disease in season one, Jordy said there's about 3,000 people on the Enterprise. What? Huh. No. I remember numbers very specifically. 3,000? Right I believe on the Enterprise? Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure, with families and uh, stuff. Later, Jake will drop uh, a proofreading note on this one because I'm interested in that. 
<laughs> fact check. <laughs> uh, yeah, fact check. Not proofreading. Uh, future Jake here. There's a thousand people on the Enterprise. According to multiple sources, it ranges anywhere from like 900 to around 1100. A galaxy-class starship can hold up to 6,000 people, according to Memory Alpha, but that didn't generally happen on the Enterprise. I don't know what Beck is talking about. Okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, so the Yamato does have problems still. Yes, I guess it might not be the same size, but it's virtually the same complement. And so we see that they're having issues. We talked to – what was the – what was that captain's Donald. name? Don- yeah, I remember that his first name was also Donald. Donald, Donald. Varley. Uh, Captain Donald Farley, old friend of Captain Picard. And uh, in the middle of the transmission, it gets very, uh, like the radio signal goes down. And I call it a radio signal because of like the fuzzy lines that appear. <laughs> again, another like yeah, 80s, again. 90s representation of a signal. Picard, yeah. you can't see me. <laughs> yeah, his eyes kind of turned demon colored. It was a great representation yeah. of, of a VHS player malfunctioning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But who knows? Maybe we go back to VHS technology. <laughs> I don't know. They have spaceships. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah. we we have a bad transmission, and then suddenly things go very wrong. The magnetic stabilizers decay, and the ship explodes. Mm. Quite violently, too. The saucer section just goes flying into space, and <sighs> everybody is killed instantly. Yeah. It's meant to, I think, evoke like what would it look like if the Enterprise were to yes. blow up. And that's pretty frightening. And especially for Wesley. Uh, yeah, well, everybody's kind of traumatized. And if the situation doesn't need to get any worse, the Romulans show up because we're in the neutral mm. zone. What a great start to an episode. That was dramatic. Here's yeah. the thing about the neutral zone. Uh-huh. They're not very neutral. <laughs> if we had chosen to defend the neutral zone, and we wouldn't have just destroyed one starship. Now you will leave. It's like, bitch, this zone is neutral. <laughs> yeah. You can't tell me to leave. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. get the name well, either. Is Xander, is there a reason that everybody is uh, allowed to be a dick in the neutral zone? Yes. Well, you can think of it more of like a demilitarized zone. It's just the area in between where Romulan space starts and the Federation space starts, and so you can even uh, mark it down further. Of like, okay, which side of the neutral zone are you closer to? And in this case, it seems like they were on the Romulan side of the neutral zone, uh, and obviously they were uh, having problems as well and thinking about. Um, what sort of sabotage could be happening right on their doorstep. So, so I get Kim the Jong-un. thinking. Yeah, essentially, a parallel. <laughs> Plus, it's just a fun sort of place that we can go for adventure that's not like a planet. Dr- Romulans? More like Dramulans, <laughs> am I right? You're not wrong. Dramulans <laughs> is great. We can call them Dramulans. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, but Carl it helps kind you of- fall asleep. Yeah, <laughs> Picard was being a Dromulan because uh, Troy was like, sir, while we figure out what's wrong with our ship, should we maybe leave this demilitarized zone where we're about to get fired on by aggravating the Romulans? And he's like, not till I figure something out. Like, just go. Just go. Well, no, you I- can what but it's it it would you'd lose all stakes for the episode but she did bring up the option also they did two minutes it. ago didn't want to. two minutes ago a federation starship exploded if they had just left they would have definitely exploded because they wouldn't have had the clues to figure out where it was coming from or the source or anything getting probed <laughs> well they right. didn't know at that Got point it. that there was an issue that they were affected by though like they knew it was right. just good captaining <laughs> Well, he has to, like, his old friend just died. He has to investigate because he has yeah. to send a report. If he sends a report, be like, anyway, the Romulans were there, so we booked it. 
Uh, pretty sure it'll be ordered to go back. So gotta gotta. Well, we quickly figure out um, when he finds a. I won't do it. I won't call it what I was going to call it. An uh, archaeological piece of technology from the Iconians in his personal Brain. log. What else was he doing with the personal log turned off with that thing, huh? I'm sorry. I did it. It looks like a dildo. What? That's a very oh, uncomfortable a lot of looking show. dildo, if that's the way you're thinking. Yeah. I know. That's why I was I like, know. put that down. <laughs> yeah, it looks like like a sonic screwdriver. That's what they're called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think advanced, yeah, you the most advanced alien technology kids. that they can't fathom is a sonic <laughs> screwdriver? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hypersonic screwdriver. Um, so yeah, well, uh, so to explain, <laughs> uh, we meet we meet Subcommander Taurus, who's uh, a Dromulan, and I, I I like that that designation, Becca, because before he does that investigation, we see the Romulan ship, and so many of the bad guys in Star Trek have such evil looking bridges. Like now that the Klingons are quote unquote, oh, right. they're borderline good guy, bad guys right now. Even their stuff is very rigid mm -hmm. and like metallic and mood lit and like only red lighting and stuff. But then we get to the Romulans and it's just so Spartan and cold in there. And they always had like this mm -hmm. lighting. They're like, hello, Picard. Yeah. And that's reminiscent from Romulan uh, lighting and stuff from the 60s. Yeah. Too. I just love how that trope carries over is like, well, if they're bad guys, they have bad lighting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how else is the audience supposed to know? <laughs> what you're saying is clearly something that they had in mind, but I just want to disagree here that style is subjective and I kind of like the minimalist look they got going mm -hmm. on. I think it's cool. Red yeah, lighting? Yeah. Nice. I'm not saying nice it looks bad. I'm saying it looks evil and like they have right. to they have to operate in that all the time. Right. Evil. Or it's just how we're seeing it. I had a thought like that too, like, oh, this is how we're seeing the bridge when it's in an emergency or when they're contacting us. We don't see it like day to day. Okay, get the stuffed animals back in here. The Put the plants off. away. The stuffed yeah, yeah, animals. Yeah. Little baby just, like, Romulan. Rainbow lighting. Bring the cuddlies back in. <laughs> they have stuffed targs everywhere and stuff. Yeah. Too cute. So, yeah. So then Picard does the uh, scanning of the captain's log from the Amato. Um, and don't do it. It's the horror movie moment where you say, don't even look in his journal. It's cursed. Well, he looks for but keywords what a cool only. Search function. He didn't do like yeah. any personal stuff. That was a cool. I don't know. The nerd in me was like, wow, they really, the search function is really uh, effective and really quick. I right. You can search like that. Not only that, I felt like this is a really good moment to justify the personal logs and the captain's logs and everything like that. You see why we are getting tapped into them and why people say that because it's so useful for people. It's, yeah. a, it's a TikTok of what's going on, right? It's it really is. nice to get that. And I, I know you think I'm talking about the app, but we used to call it like TikToks are also like the minute by minute reading of a thing. And like yeah. you see the Wait, most what? important things. Like reading Rewind. back to TikTok is the the minute to minute updates of an event, right? So like, oh, that's, like meeting minutes. Yeah, so we're Read getting the old the, TikTok. <laughs> I mean, I don't think the phrase is coming back, but uh, we can try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they're just short videos that you watch on your phone. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but like, we get all the important information in a great way that is technically kind of just exposition of someone telling us, but it's a little more compelling in this narrative, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, especially if you what, look at what the he's thing holding. In his hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It was an unfathomable uh, Iconian technology. So but Picard can't take his eyes away because he studied archaeology back in school. Did we have we Is mentioned this, this before? I don't know. I wrote that down. I'm like, I think we might have touched that that he might have had an interest in archaeology with with uh, interaction with one of the other guests that was on board. Like, I wanted to show you this thing I brought. And he was like, ooh, a dish. Um, <laughs> but I think this is the first time we're like, oh, he wanted he was like an archaeologist. Mm-hmm. Because he needed a new interest besides the French thing <laughs> doesn't like kids and that's it. <laughs> yeah, give him a positive thing. Yeah. Instead of being gruff. Loves bones. Right. Love bones. <laughs> Loves bones. <laughs> he digs bones. Well, this is a bone of technology. What does it do? No one knows. We also had a visit from Wesley t- talking about the death stuff, but I think this is the first time we see him order tea Earl Grey hot. It, it is. Right? That's a good note. It um, is literally, uh, it's not the first time he's drank Earl Grey tea, but it's the first time he does tea Earl Grey tea, hot. Tea Earl Grey hot. Yes. And then he a... turns to Wesley and he says, Wesley, pardon me, did I order yeah. Earl Grey tea or a houseplant? <laughs> it's a cactus. Did you see The Good Place? It's like a Janet malfunction of like, <laughs> did you say cactus? <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of expecting it to be like half a hot dog, half like a hammer or something. <laughs> It could have been anything, but it was a house plant. I know it could have been. Cup. It's like it's a complete house plant. <laughs> he should have tried. To yeah, but um, but going back to what you were saying is Wesley was traumatized by the fact that another ship was just destroyed very quickly and all those people died. And I'm really glad that we didn't just brush past that very traumatic plot point because we did in the beginning. We just kind of went straight to the Romulans, which is the more pressing thing because it's right now. But like, right. we should sit with the fact that a whole crew just was vaporized in space well that's why i think wesley's such an important character because that is to explain the military training like we got uh of why they didn't react because it would have just been chaos and and they wouldn't have gotten anything <laughs> everybody's <done>. like ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah so he didn't get into academy so he hasn't gotten this training yet of how to mentally and emotionally compartmentalize yet he's still working on the bridge he shouldn't be. Yeah, it's he an apprenticeship, yeah, but he's, he's really skipping import- some steps. He has important roles, and in the yeah. end of the episode, he's like in charge of putting shields up. Shields right? up? Yeah, it, that should not have happened. That was some confused writing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> they just to go back get to school. Him. Yeah, like this is a this is a line that I think our podcast always rides of like trying to figure out what should be happening in the Star Trek world versus remembering that this is a TV show where they want yeah. seven principal actors to get a fair amount of screen time. So it's like, oh, yeah, because <laughs> the question I would pose to both of you then is how as a writer of this episode, how would you put Wesley into the story uh, if not at the helm? He doesn't it's get tough... to touch buttons. <laughs> it's a tough corner they've painted themselves into by not allowing mm-hmm. him to be a full crew member therefore yeah. he has to take unimportant roles in that way but like you put him in engineering he's been an intern in engineering for half the, the season anyway and have him help right. um laforge figure out the problems have him be in the turbo lift and get thrown around a little bit more i'd like to see them conk heads maybe there's two people in the turbo lift well speaking of which this was a great geordie episode <laughs> some good running this was a like mm-hmm. right a Jordy laforge feature <laughs> like with all of the stunts plus the figuring out saving the day type of thing like he that had was a, great a violent turbo lift ride that was intense oh, it yeah. was. he gets thrown Absolutely everywhere and even when it arrives on the bridge he gets flung out of that thing wait can we right, talk about so- rewind just a minute to the interaction over comms that happened uh captain i think the probe was the problem and definitely infected the ship Jordy, we're going to capture a probe and bring it on board. Goodbye. Uh, don't at me. Yeah. I'm turning off my communicator. 
Well, it was that it was malfunctioning, but essentially, yeah. <laughs> so LaForge, because the communication didn't work, had to run up. We see the inside of a turbo lift and him getting flung around. We see the ceiling of a turbo lift, which I don't know if you noticed, but I paused. They didn't they didn't really oh. take good care of the top of the turbo lift. There's a bunch of like markings and like I think the paint isn't finished on there. <laughs> and you see really briefly <laughs> there's a bunch was of just... just like scraps up there. It was probably just like a white psych wall that they just built. I think built there was like a last minute, like, we need a ceiling to throw him into. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like the bottom of a submarine. <laughs> What's on the bottom of a submarine? No, it just looked we don't like, know. We it, never like see the it. inside of a submarine. Oh. Mm. <laughs> what? I thought it was an old saying about the bottom of a submarine <laughs> that I wasn't familiar with. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, you saw it on the, the TikTok. TikTok of a submarine. Yeah, you get it. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is real? <laughs> so now we have the discussion. So Picard uh, calls a meeting. He wants a briefing immediately or within one hour. And uh, we hmm. figure out that, oh, there must be some type of virus that we picked up or some malfunctions. There's a there's some reason this is all happening that's computer related. So um we get the mainframe idea it's, of the the nineties, eighties, nineties computer asset architecture. What were you gonna say? Mm -hmm. I was gonna say it's important to note too that uh, multiple times it said it's all automated systems. This is all out of our control. It's something that we can't help. Um, because going back into further in the story, we'll find out the thing attacking them is actually an automated system. So this whole conflict is just a resolving of automated system after automated system and seeing beyond that. Okay, hold on. Now there's a stark parallel to the problems with our current world because Facebook AI created mm -hmm. this situation of reposting uh, fake, fake everything and now it's corrupted the system and there's no way to root it out just like on board the Enterprise. <laughs> well, I mean- Jake, are you typing in private chat, Becca, stop it. <laughs> I am not. And actually what I'm trying to find out is like whether this is a paradox or like a philosophical issue of like, as technology gets more advanced and becomes more automated, does mm -hmm. it become actually more difficult in some ways for our processes to be fixed because we are no longer involved in the maintenance of them if they maintain themselves in some way. Does that make sense? Like. Exactly. I'm sure. I'm sure there That's is a the thing problem. For That's it. the problem with AI. That is because the plot of the Matrix. Whoever wrote the code no longer controls the code if the code can improve itself. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. So if they have a very limited skill, like if a computer only has like a limited like perception of what can be right and wrong, and doesn't notice if it's if it's acting incorrectly, it doesn't know to fix itself, right? Have you ever seen like what is it Alexa and I think Siri talking to each <laughs> yeah, other? Yeah, yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, yeah. I've read about this in a book how they create a new shorthand because they can Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. They can skip over ideas and create a common language. They also like yeah. repeat words many times to denote how many of them there are as opposed to creating a new word to denote that number. Super mm -hmm. fascinating. Mm -hmm. Well, we go into this too in in language creation or the evolution of language in Picard's studies as well of uh, the Iconian gate. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll get to it. But data has like a very specific way of like I took all of these words and got their context and I've derived them from root words that are similar. And he starts listing them. And he all. got it wrong. And he got it wrong. <laughs> the first one he got wrong. On the previous topic, data himself is such. A yep. manifestation of something godly because he can rewrite his own code to be better than he was before. And Dr. Soon created mm -hmm. something 
incredible with data. I mean, beyond the scope, he's not he's not technology. He is right. a god. Period. That's my new theory, and I will <laughs> look for more evidence to support this hypothesis. Data Hold is on a god. to that theory, and then also consider Wesley Crusher. Just going to say that. Hold on to that theory. <laughs> I mean, isn't it true, because I know you're trying to compare them, Xander. I mean, wouldn't it be true that Data is therefore a life form, right? He's capable of evolving is kind of what mm-hmm. we're getting to. But, Becca, you're saying he's a god because he's he doesn't so evolve capable the way of evolving. That- he can evolve himself. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't evolve the way that artificial intelligence can can self-learn, create self-learning and self-teaching. He evolves in a way that is always for the better because it has a moral compass in the way that AI does not. Therefore, he is more than AI, and he's a god. You're welcome. Well, and that was created because of the environment that he was in. You know, it's a nature versus nurture. You could program something or program AI, but it's the experiences the data has as a Starfleet officer that shape uh, I think we've talked about this before of like it's not just the act physical data it's the memories and the experiences that go around is it. there like an alternate universe Star Trek episode where data was found by Romulans instead or something like that there is I know there's a mirror universe for next gen that exists in comic form uh, I don't know exactly what the story is for that but everyone's like ripped and there's they've midriff shirts <laughs> I remember seeing one of those comics when I was a kid where they're fighting the Borg with the other Star Trek or with the other Enterprise crew and like I think Riker uh-huh. has like an eye patch and yeah a bunch of yeah, stuff yeah 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 <laughs> okay well I gotta read this so I could cosplay it <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, I remember those. Uh, well, regardless, if anybody's writing the fan fiction, now's the time because uh, that's. A I great mean, idea. it sounds like a calling, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Get in on that that data Romulan fan well, fiction that is idea. never too yeah. late. I just never considered yeah. that, but you mentioned that because nature versus nurture is a very valid thing. And if you're saying that like his learning is um, framed by like his experiences in Starfleet, I get that. I, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, you're going to have to edit this out of everything. We can't put this episode online because we got to make this show. So. <laughs> we can't yeah. just give away good ideas like that. There'll be a gap when this million-dollar idea appears in the podcast. That's right. right. I get that. Okay. I'll... I'm just going to bleep it all. Okay. <laughs> so in the edit, you want me to have about four minutes of... <laughs> <laughs> She's too powerful. <laughs> They should never have put this button on my mixer. <laughs> Wait, if you just say TM, 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 now nobody can take it. TM, 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 TM. There you go. That's the way Alexa would count four TMs. <laughs> so. I don't know if that was four. All right. So at some point we figure out that, oh, there's still something on the planet that's left over. I'm not actually sure. I don't remember exactly how they found that. Did they just scan the planet and find it? Yeah, well, they, they the probe had launched from right, a specific right. place. And then that. when they looked at it, on, yeah, they traced it where it came from. The, what was odd was that they visually saw it before the sensors picked up. Or I was like, or Worf was waiting for an opportunity just to tell them that something was coming. Because all of a sudden Riker's like, yeah. what was that? And then Worf is like, oh, they fired. Everybody <laughs> saw the flash of light, but Riker's like, did you guys see that? Like, yeah. We all saw that. That was that was very noticeable. Right. Oh, the, so wait, is this the part? Is this the part when then when Jordy is like on the console and Data rips him off? 
That's uh, later. No, that because we had to destroy the probe. Uh, once the probe was destroyed, then we had a place to go to. So Picard makes an away team, including himself. Yeah, big deal, uh, big deal. To go down. Riker's like, you know, we have to have a discussion about this, and then doesn't have a discussion about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we sort of have our A and B plot divergence there because we can catch up with yes. the away team down on the planet, and we have the situation mm-hmm. going on on the Enterprise, which wisely was still married by the same so down- dilemma, right? Yes. Now, how is the Iconian civilization that hasn't been around in a very long time so advanced and then destroyed? Big question mark. That's the great thing about Star Trek, too, is that they constantly say there are civilizations that are way more advanced than us that have maybe moved on or destroyed themselves due to war or conflicts um, that that we are discovering. For humanity. <laughs> uh, but this is also a very classic Trek scenario. Uh, I think a similar thing happens in, in original series, but it, it's a civilization that is dying or something like that, and they come across a similar gate. They probably just found a party planet through their magical ma- gate, and they were all like, hey, let's go here. Every Everything cleans itself up. <laughs> it's so right? wild. That's, Love this it's dimension. It's very likely. I mean, the, the okay. Iconians were destroyed from space right so like they whether whether they got that's away or not assumption. we don't know yeah that's the assumption right so right. but uh as picard mentions you know history is written by the the conquerors or those who survive so they were we were told that they were uh a warlike people but we don't actually know that which i like i like that point yeah it's that's interesting so the, the terminology that was used in that conversation with wesley he says, oh, so they were colonists. And Picard's like, no, they were conquerors. And yet, in our vernacular, those are the same thing. And the word colonist is a violent word. I think that's pretty new. Like, colonist has rarely oh, been... Oh, yeah, it's very much new for that to be our interpretation of it. But when we look back, any time we'd called something, some society a colonist of an area, there were already indigenous peoples that were murdered when those people arrived. Oh. That's correct. But also I wanted to say in this era, a colony is a space colony. Uh, So it's somebody that has gone out with their family to terraform a planet or be on the edge of where we're exploring. So a colonist in this sense would be, you know, they're an uh, isolated colony from civilization. You bring up an interesting point, though, Becca. I wonder if the word colony will keep evolving out of that because... Like, take, for instance, if we ever build a moon base, we tend to have called them a mm-hmm. moon colony, especially if it's like a mm-hmm. new um, community of people. Right. right. But it'll be interesting and in to relation see. to ants, it's, it's still legit. <laughs> it has. Sure. I just was pointing out that it has yeah. evolved to become a sort of trigger warning kind of word because it's like we are saying that a colonist is like, oh, yeah, they showed up and they started a colony and they were peaceful. But. Never. It was assuming there's no sentient life Mm -hmm. forms that are currently living there. Right, exactly. So it does make sense in relation to space travel on an uncolonized Mm -hmm. planet. Unless, Mm -hmm. you know, the sand is sentient, which we've seen. That's (laughs) happened. I mean, we have sentient tar. We can have sentient sand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, the sparkly sand before the mean tar. It was. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We've seen them both. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we uh, so we send Picard and Worf and Data down to the planet, and then we start having malfunctions back on the Enterprise. It's just getting worse. We're quote unquote sitting on a bomb, even, and the Romulans right. reappear, and they've come back and are nose to nose with us, and actually start to like load up their Wait, weapons. They're about to fire. They're firing right now, Jake. They're firing right now. <laughs> they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it. No, Raise the no, shields. No, no. I think we're. Yeah. I think we're okay. No, I- they, it was like a sneeze. Uh, it was like a sneeze war. That was like a mock, sec- mock execution like, is what that was. It was scary. It was. And they're like, who put the intern on the shield's <laughs> Get button? Get off of there. 
Yeah, Wesley's He's like... He's not even in security as an intern. The shields aren't responding, and Riker's like, I need those shields now, Mr. Crusher. It's like, what is... Do you think yeah. he entered his password in wrong? Like, he, he's not responding. <laughs> what are you going to do? Oh, well. Uh, we do get to see little glimpses of things going wrong all over uh, the ship, too. And we do get to see Dr. Pulaski, oh, who is God. just the best. Oh, good. <laughs> so glad. I love her. And she she's like, you know, that old medicine, like a splint? Do I like that. how the, si- the science dirty. officer was like, what do you mean? It's like, you don't know what stabilizing yeah. a limb is. <laughs> you practice medicine That's with your medicine. head and your heart. I just wave this yeah. wand over it and it's usually fine. Yeah. My favorite, though, is the sad nurse that's, that she's first berating when we cut down to her. And he just sits there and is like, I know, I know. She walks away and he goes, no. Oh. <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's great. You know, Crusher yeah. would never have left her staff so demoralized in a crisis situation. Just saying. But Pulaski gets it done. That's what I'm gets saying. Gets done the demoralization of the people that are working so hard. Yes, because that's like her role. She is different from Crusher in this way. It very much harkened back to Bones again, because anytime there was an issue yes. with the Enterprise, we'd go down to, medic, the, to sick bay, and they'd be like, I can't handle it down here. There's too much. Yeah. And then she's yeah. doing something. I hate sick people. <laughs> I chose the wrong profession. <laughs> uh, oh, while we're cycling through favorites, though, we do get some solid O'Brien time uh, as a transporter chief. It was like the best 30 seconds of my day. <laughs> he had a great jawline at that angle with the lighting. I, I could it's see it. It's always great. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> no more comments to add. Thank you. I mean, yeah, I just can't, I can't expand on his, jaw, on his jawline too much. Um <laughs> Yeah. The reason I was bringing up Data throwing Jordy is because I don't know if you noticed Brent Spiner's reaction, but when oh, he right. throws him, he gives this huge wince. He's like, ooh, uh, that looked like it hurt. <laughs> I did write that. Down. Yeah, yeah. I wrote down Data's reaction, and I was like, it was good. But I yeah, couldn't, totally t- I couldn't tell, Spiner honestly, thing. if it was his genuine reaction to thinking the stunt guy or if that was really LeVar Burton. I didn't catch it. Uh, like, didn't fall correctly or something like that. But then when they cut to the next shot, he also still has, Probably. like, a less dramatic wince. So it's like Data has a emotional reaction uh, to this. That's interesting because I was wondering about Data's emotional reactions and empathy to, of course, Jordy because he has a history with Jordy. But he's the one that turns around right. in the very opening scene where the other ship is destroyed and he reports that a thousand people died. But like, how deeply does that affect? Does he genuinely have empathy for people he's never met or because he knows that, of course, every life is, has value? Or is it like, I don't know. I was just curious what, about- are you putting him on trial? I guess so. <laughs> I, I was just curious about, uh, you know, how it's such a tricky, how do you deliver that sort of line from data? Because he is a machine and yeah. so he's just delivering mm-hmm. the information in a way where even a human wouldn't really take the time to process your reporting. Yeah, no, that's valid. And question mark. Like, I, I feel would. that Brent yeah. Spiner and the writers do a pretty good job of letting him have some expressive reactions because he is not a cold dead robot the whole time Mm -hmm. even though he does have those very stoic Mm -hmm. and straightforward moments he like the i think that because they've given him this like quest of trying to become more human he still emotes in a way that is empathetic i guess like he always kind of he gives yes i understand why you would have sadness at that (laughs) right well from like a from a character on a tv show standpoint we need them to have a dramatic pause before they reveal that a thousand people just died there needs to be a weight to that moment right but there also needs to be the fact that data would Mm -hmm. just report this straight up so we marry that by having him 
tried mm-hmm. to be uh, more uh, communicative as a human in some way or a humanoid to like make sure that he can be social with his crewmates. So like I think that's yeah. how they band line, well watched. <laughs> Yeah. Well, also, I would want to say that this is earned for the audience, too. This is another thing is if you've been paying attention, uh, Data was very robotic and stiff and unresponsive, and it has taken time for him to grow to be like this. And so it's justified for our like watching it in a serial sense that he would have reactions like, oh, he's getting and it. It allows him to play there. the comedy just a little bit, too, because when he wakes up after having been brought back to the Enterprise by Worf later in the episode, he kind of has like this yeah. curious <laughs> happiness about it. It's like, how did I get back here? Which yeah. makes it a little bit more fun <laughs> as opposed to like, oh, it's just another standard robot reaction, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. So we have some shenanigans with the Romulans. Meanwhile, Data Wait, wait, and- wait. But we should, I want to, just briefly, because Riker's taking over the bridge and then- uh, He's got a great quote. Rom- Romulan lady, um, she's like there to fight. And then he says, destroy that probe. And she's like, I see how this could not be a trick on me in any way. Let me blow this up. Right. But, uh, lots of other alien races wouldn't be as smart. Um, that well, We've seen them make decisions that are like, what's the trick? Yeah. I can't trust you. And she's like, blow it up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a situation that they're both in. They've faced so much unknown with this virus attacking their systems. Like, the Enterprise couldn't even fire on it if it wanted to. That was how dire the situation was. But fate protects fools, little children, and ships named Enterprise. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Did you write that down? I like that. I did. That was what Riker said. I like that. Well done, Um, Riker. So, but meanwhile, on the surface of the planet, we're de- deciphering uh, Iconian, and uh, as we mentioned, uh, <laughs> Data goes, "I think this is manual override." Turns right. out, not a manual override. <laughs> Whoops! Uh, opens, it was bonsai, buddy. Opens a, <laughs> opens a portal into a, a variety of places. A montage of uh, pictures from your uh, photos file. Yeah, it's the default screensaver. It's de- yeah, it's default wallpapers is what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we figure out that, oh, these guys must, or the Iconians must have traveled. This is how they traveled freely because we noticed that they, in their history, they weren't known for having space vessels. They just appeared mm-hmm. in different civilizations or different points of space time. And so that's probably ex- uh, explains their absence now as they've gone yeah, elsewhere. Yeah, probably why they were beings of air and darkness. Demons of air right. and darkness, right? Beings, being what? Did he say demons or beings? I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. Either way, it's either. pretty badass. <laughs> I know, a demons of air. Uh, maybe it was I demons of air and light. What was it? Demons of air and darkness is what he calls them. Maybe if he said beings wow. and I heard demons, I guess that's an internal thing for me. Maybe oh, I'm yeah. projecting a little bit. Do you want to unpack that now yeah. or later? I have a demon thing. It's <laughs> very my, likely ooh, I wrote it down wrong. Very, chances are above 90%. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have these kind of like false climaxes again, which Star Trek kind of needs to do once in a while, which Jake, is just... don't make us. <laughs> false climaxes as a new piece of Iconian technology. Yeah, check Thank the TikTok. <laughs> but what I mean by a false climax is like we need like an exciting uh, confrontation to have. So the best we can do is like have Data verbally explain 
or uh, sorry, have Picard verbally explain what he's physically doing to Data, who then gives him sporadic answers. Yeah, this is like a, an escape room scene, but one of the members, yeah, yeah, escape, yeah, room. had to like get, put on a blindfold halfway through or something. <laughs> and they're like, I knew the answer. <laughs> I loved it. It was great. I thought it was a so, fun challenge. Down on the planet, yeah, Data gets zapped by a ball of blue light, and then he's like, Ah, oh, can't move or talk. Must blow up. Can't see. And so Picard has to, you know, follow uh, blindfolded. Uh, it's like um, two rooms in a boom or that uh, escape room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one where um, one person has to move levers, but but they don't know which levers. And it's like, co- connect a red wire. Exactly. It's like diffusing a bomb. It, they even use the colors, the red, the blue, and amber. Because we got... Keep talking and nobody explodes. That's what Yeah, yeah. Called. Thank you. We got rid of the word yellow, I guess. And it's, everything is amber now. Like the color of your energy. it felt a little it just like it was it was fine as an escape room but i'd rather be playing it than watching it because like it didn't it wasn't very dramatic for me even though i knew they were gonna potentially explode but this was living Um, vicariously it was cool that the most do you think it was cool that the most uh advanced civilization all their computer buttons were just uh three colors Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's all you need maybe they maybe they only see in three colors you know listen all you have are sciences command and engineering three colors that's all you did you expect them to be just a bunch of lovers that looked like dildos like what did you expect yeah i mean what if a little child stumbles into this room and he's like my favorite color is blue 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 the planet explodes Maybe that's, that's what happened went. to them. Yeah. Maybe it's like, do we want to start orbital bombardment? It's red, red, red. If we do that, <laughs> yeah. Well, thank goodness that uh, fools are protected under the uh, fate, fate and clause little children and of ships the and enterprise. I mean, there were some, <laughs> oh, there were good. some like dangerous actions taken too, because they were like, we need to go through the portal because when data is. Um, Incapacitated. Uh, incapacitated, thank you. Incapacitated. Uh, we noticed that also the the Enterprise is appearing on the doors as well, and it's like Worf, you can take him there. Hmm. Uh, and Worf's like, well, we don't know if it's a gateway, and yeah. Picard goes, well, that'll be the test. <laughs> it's like I wanted it. Hey, you're okay. a Klingon. I heard on Klingon ships they sacrifice themselves for their captain, which he essentially asked Worf to do. Mm-hmm. It's intense. Yeah. Uh, sir, we don't know if this is really a gate or if I will be vaporized. Right. <laughs> Guess you'll find out. Right. I yeah. wanted it cool, to be cool, cool. like a, gl- a glass window, so you just <laughs> like, oh, not a gate. <laughs> the plan. I just wanted it's to ruined. do up here at the Anaheim Convention Center. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Worf took. He was waiting for the gate to change because it's kind of like a three-second timer slideshow. And as soon as it changed to the Enterprise, he takes two of the three seconds before it changes again to Look give a smolder over his shoulder <laughs> to say goodbye to Picard, maybe forever. He thought he was Get gonna die. The gate. I was saying the same thing. I was like, "Go, go right now! Yeah. It, it's gonna switch to something else." I did say no that. No time to smolder. Yeah. He did the same thing like in season one when we were going to um, blow up the Enterprise, too. Remember? He was like, okay, at this exact moment, you got to press the right. button. He's like, okay. And then he gives a dramatic look over his shoulder. He's like, <laughs> now. Because <laughs> that's acting. That's acting. Yeah, I was going to. Well, it is. I, would say, I was going to say, blame the director for that because they're only doing what they're being told to do. <laughs> Again, it's we're crossing that line of like, we still have to have a dramatic TV show and, and exist in this uh, very specific sci fi world. So we have to like do our best to uh, band aid that tension. Together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we get data back. Um, but in in a very dramatic turn that only lasts for a few seconds, uh, Jordy's looking over Data with his tricorder, and then we get this beep. 
which is like is that his heart rate monitor <laughs> not only also in real life i've learned that heartbeat monitors don't make that sound when people stop yeah. uh like yeah. even on tv that's always been the trope right but then we've suddenly just replicated it here for data <laughs> wait they don't they made that noise. There was oh, you mean in real life? No, oh, no, in I mean, real like, life. For real, in a hospital. No. I thought it when somebody's when someone codes, there's like lines. an alarm that goes off in like it will trigger off systems. Yeah, you, yeah, but it's not gonna. Yeah, you also don't want like one repeated tone interrupting piercing. people's conversation who are trying to probably communicate what they need to do. <laughs> Just continue the yeah, podcast while I, I do can this. Add it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll repeat that loop. God damn it. Great, great. <laughs> but this is, again, we've said this before, Star Trek is taking on tropes of different shows, so that's the medical drama yes. of it. Yeah. I just liked how heavy-handed that one was. That no. was too obvious. Yeah. Like every medical drama, someone who's just been announced dead immediately comes back to <laughs> yeah. life. Came back to life so quick. It's like, okay, well, resolved that one pretty easily. <laughs> Well, it turns out that we should figure out what his factory reset looks like, so we keep we stop proclaiming him as dead. Yeah, <laughs> but we, it was just a factory reset. We find out it's fine that the positronic brain is the Deus Ex Machina. So it was all data resetting that we were learned how to do it and go back to the previous. Boot. Which is yeah, is it uh, just a save point? Like, I think so. Uh, I would like to submit as evidence that data is a god. It is the data ex machina. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, good, good callback. Very nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be a thing every week now. Well, so sure. they watch Data go through this process, Riker and LaForge do, and they figure out what needs to happen. They both run off in different directions, and Data's like, what well, can I help? Yeah, of that course, was great. Delete the files that are corrupting the system. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Remove Bonsai Buddy. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And uh, we share this information with the Romulans, and we get Picard. Uh, Picard actually has to uh, self-destruct the base down below and then has to jump through the right. portal, but he only has time to get on board the Romulan ship. And we get this he good... He keeps his cool. We get a good like connection moment where uh, the Romulans could have just fired and should have just fired, and uh, but... Uh, we see this connection in the trenches of both ships are going down, and so we'll just see what happens. Please to have you go with us. Picard prevented himself from being immediately phaser stunned by standing still, not reaching for his phaser, mm-hmm. hands down at his sides, making direct eye contact with the co-commander. I don't know what she called sub-commander. Sub-commander. <laughs> Co-commander like it's implies like a real there's someone diminutive else. Diminutive title. <laughs> yeah. Also commander. <laughs> yeah. That's great. No, I love it. Baby Commander? <laughs> baby Commander Taurus. Just a little baby Assistant one. Commander. Yeah. <laughs> she should be promoted. Someday. <laughs> promoted for that sass and those shoulders and those eyebrows. <laughs> and we save, like but her. we save her. We, we leave her alive to become an antagonist later, perhaps. Actually, I don't know. Not before she says, well, at least if we're going to die, I'll have the pleasure of knowing you're dying with us. Self-destruct. And... Uh, well, we get the beam over just in time in that classic Star Trek way, uh, just out of danger, potentially. But we see Riker actually interrupt and belay an order from the from the captain, uh, which normally it would be a reversal because the captain would have been stayed uh, the one that stayed on the ship and would be like, oh, we must destroy it. And Riker would be the one. Actually, I have some information from the away team. And we get this role reversal. Mm. So that was a oh, cool I didn't moment. That. That's a good point. Yeah, and he even makes a joking point of like, so what's happened here? What did I miss? <laughs> and Riker is so pissed. He's like, 
you're acting like you did all the hard work. You have no idea <laughs> what I've been through. You've had control panels everywhere. Where have you been? Uh, well, that was contagion. That was um fine. It was it was it was. I liked that episode. Yeah, it was a good episode. It had a strong moral lesson, which is always back up your hard work. <laughs> there all it right, is. That's a, for all I, I you should be able to do that right now after this broadcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I did make a note. It was a good mystery that involved the full ensemble, uh, and it was there was danger to the Enterprise because potentially it was happening to us. But this was a time where you know we were all working together, and we got to see everyone firing on their all their cylinders and solving the mystery together. Yeah, totally. And Troy was very much aware that there was a high level of anxiety on the ship. <laughs> I oh, love yeah, Troy. she's prepping. It's just, yeah. I don't know if her position's that useful, but she does it so I well. I mean, she is very useful in terms of, like, revealing Sometimes. the enemy's hand, like, pretty often. Well, not even the enemy's, yeah. the other party's hand, right? Right. Seeing the truth. Uh, so, But our next episode is The Royale. The Enterprise investigates the- With cheese. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, the Enterprise discovers a, a French delicatessen with a similar-sounding hamburger. <laughs> Wait, really? No. Uh, the Royale. <laughs> the Enterprise investigates the wreckage of a 21st century Earth spaceship orbiting a distant planet and the appearance of a casino. Now, that actually is the Looks like we have a there set. a casino involved in the next episode. Yeah. Okay, then there's definitely a lot of burgers because what do you need? Every type of restaurant in well, a casino. Well, let's, an let's end the episode how we answer, how we end every episode, which is how we would order our burger. Medium rare. <laughs>